This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hi, this is Michelle Nagel. Welcome to Roar to Win, which stands for, of course, Resilience, Optimism, Accountability, and Resourcefulness. Today, I have with me a, a wonderful guest, Dorothy Kuhn, who I've known for a couple of years, and I'm really pleased to see her bright, smiling face. And um, let me tell you a little bit about Dorothy. Dorothy kind of grew up kind of a chump, a mystical Christian kid running around the woods with her little brothers and the neighbor kids. She was so fascinated with how cool God made the world, had to learn all about it. She studied science, graduated in physics and math won her first professional position, knowing more quantum mechanics than anybody else. After a few years in systems engineering, she knew her best shot at advancement was into management and leadership. But how? The men had it locked up and the power dynamics were everywhere. She's here to share how you can send untoward comments, advances, and worse packing instead of having to ask, what do I say to that for the billionth time? It's often not what you think, and you'll love her nine ways to respond to mansplaining, catcalling, a challenge, and more. So welcome, Dorothy. It's great to see you. It is great to be here, Michelle. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to connect to um, do this. So tell me a little bit, and our listeners, of course, a little bit about yourself. So, you know, as, as you mentioned at the top, you know, I did grow up being a, a rather the chump, you know, I grew up believing that, uh, you know, on the one hand, we have these uh, beliefs that are not necessarily cohesive, uh, no matter what our age, but, but one set of beliefs was, if I'm like a good person, and a nice person, and, I, and I'm a hard worker, things will turn out okay. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> You know, and uh, and on the other hand, I grew up knowing that uh, one of the things that I needed to do to uh, best my little brothers because they were um, uh, they were the kids who would stick a bug in your face and that kind of stuff uh, it, that it was absolutely useless to to uh, do anything other than say, "Ooh, really cool! I like that bug. Go find me five more." Right. And, and learning how to be that, you know, that, that balanced person of, of leading with love uh, and, uh, and really knowing how to be a badass, how to take a command of the situation uh, when, when that's important, uh, that uh, has been the, uh, you know, it was the off and on story of my growing up in young adulthood, and it really has become my superpower, and I train other women uh, to uh, develop that as a superpower of their own. That's wonderful. Yeah, that is wonderful. I I remember the expression on the face of a young man who came and brought a snake up and stuck it in my face and wanted to, you know, was expecting the scream and you reach out and you pet the snake and you say, oh, hi, isn't that pretty? Is there any more out there? So, uh -huh. and I imagine, so that probably, um, that, probably helped with your desire to learn more about the world around you to have to it's kind of a self-defense response isn't it 
Well, well, certainly uh, uh, self-defense was in there, but of a different variety. You know, I grew up in a military family, and my dad, you know, PTSD had been diagnosable back in the day. Uh -huh. Oh, honey. <laughs> he would have been not, uh, not the only poster child, but one of them. There were a lot, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, and so we just tiptoed around, uh, you know, him all the time because you never knew what was going to set him off. Uh -huh. And, uh, and, you know, uh, he, he didn't mean to be like Arnery, but, uh, but he kind of was. And on this, and the same hand, you know, he could, he could be sweet and loving. And, you know, all of us have some, you have, have a tremendous range in how wonderful or jerky uh, we, we can be. And, uh, and so really understanding what drives that uh, uh, in, in ourselves helps us become more compassionate and, and loving from a powerful perspective uh, for, uh, you know, our fellow journeyers here on this lovely planet Earth. Yeah. So obviously then, as you mentioned that your father had PTSD, even though it wasn't diagnosed as such back then, um, that would have definitely changed uh, the, the feedback that you got. Yeah. yeah, and the woods was a definitely safer place. <laughs> yes, yes. And so it would, um, how then did it also shape other parts of your life? I'm, I'm sure that um, being a strong man, did that kind of shape your way of how you believed a woman should behave in the world? Well, I just grew up, you know, uh, uh, on the one hand, being afraid of him when he was in those, uh, I mean, he could, if he was sitting over in the corner of the room with the, like the dark cloud, you could almost see it uh, over him with swirling and very dark thoughts. You know, that was definitely the time to stay away. But when he was happy and, and puttering around in the garage, he always had a car, extra car that he was working on and stuff like that. And, you know, I was the kid who wanted to be out in the garage with dad. So I learned how to do, you know, physical things that, uh, and, and everybody learns how to do something that's kind of out of the social pattern, out of the social norms. And one of the things that, uh, that we as women uh, can, can use uh, is the opposite of what is commonly used to like pigeonhole us. So you want an example? Yeah, I'd love an example. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, every every one of your thousands of uh, listeners has has got a superpower of of her own. Yes. Um, and um, so it might be tinkering on cars. I mean, I these hands uh, have have rebuilt two car engines and tinkered on a thousand cars that because they were always coming through uh, the the garage at our house. A thousand is an exaggeration, but a hundred is not. Um, um, but, uh, you know, you've got some superpower that does not fit the, uh, the stereotypes, the social stories that uh, just run, you know, every culture's got their social stories. And our social stories for women are that they don't know anything about uh, things like, you know, cars or machinery or electricity or, you know, uh, carpentry or, you know, whatever it is, uh, or, you know, surfing or all kinds of things that, uh, may be, you know, something that you really know about that somebody couldn't tell by looking. And when they look at you, they are, you know, their brain, it's, it's natural for human brains to fill in all of all the, those social stories that are so common in our, um, in our culture. And uh, when we, uh, as, as women, have something that is new and different compared to the norm, uh, 
uh, or compared to those uh, social stories, you know, there's a way that you can let people know uh, uh, about that with, uh, without showboating. Uh-huh. Yes. I it's agree. powerful. It is. It is very powerful. We do have a tendency to, we pigeonhole people. We look at them depending on um, how, what they're wearing or what they're doing. And, and then we stick them in a certain pigeonhole. And we, do. um, we don't seem to give people the benefit of the doubt that you can be wearing, you know, stiletto heels and look like you just stepped off of the front of a magazine in one moment and crawling underneath the kitchen sink and changing the plumbing in the next. Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's no big deal. And to have us just automatically assume when we see somebody is like, Oh, well, they don't know how to, it's almost like we, we assign mentality to them as well as like, too. Oh, well she's an executive. So therefore she wouldn't know how to, or mm -hmm. Even a stay-at-home mom, therefore, she really doesn't know how to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and the reason that, that our brains do this for us is uh, think about the opposite. If you had to build from scratch, every time you met somebody, if you had to build from scratch uh, everything that you knew uh, about that person without making any presumptions at all, uh, it, it would be exhausting. Mm -hmm. exhausting and so you you know everything in the world has got pluses and minuses there is no thing that I have ever run into that didn't have pluses and minuses uh, you know in, in some kind of balance or imbalance so right. you know it, it serves us and but it serves us better when we hold those social stories lightly and are open to somebody in front of us being more amazing than we could guess Yes, exactly. So, and so don't make people guess. Tell them. <laughs> oh, have to admit how good we are. Yes. Exactly. So um, what struggles did you have that ended up leading you to do what you do? So, uh, you know, it came across just uh, on, a, on a fairly regular basis. I worked, uh, when I graduated from uh, university, I went to work for a military contractor in North Alabama, gorgeous part of the country. And, uh, and so, uh, you want a fun story? I love one. Okay, so I'm walking in the hall. Uh, this is uh, uh, back when uh, it was the dress for success days still. You know, we still wore hose, wore uh, skirted suits and little bow ties, and the, the men were in their suits, uh, even as uh, engineers. And, uh, and so there's a group of people uh, down the hall. I was walking down the hall. I joined the group and um, uh, just, you know, stepped in and listened for a moment. And the, and the man uh, to, uh, to my right uh, was old enough almost to, to be my dad. Yeah. And, uh, and he was saying to the woman about my age to my left, uh, you know what? I think that it's, it's okay for women to be software engineers, but I don't think that, that women should be allowed to be hardware engineers. Oh. And so I just kind of grinned at her out of one, one eye, and I said, well, I don't think men should be allowed to talk in public, and I rolled my eyes over <laughs> to him. It's too embarrassing for them. <laughs> and just had a big grin on my face and such. Now, so this could have been, that could have been his deeply held opinion, Mm -hmm. uh, it could have been a test. You never really know what's behind uh, somebody else's behavior. Um, I had to uh, realize at some point in my life, Michelle, that I had normal human mind reading skills, which is to say they stink. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> but it didn't matter to me why he was uh, saying that. I was going to uh, uh, call his bluff. And what I didn't know at the time, uh, and is so useful for us, if, if any of your listeners ever have a chance to take an improv class, do it. The number one rule of improv is yes and. And on you know, looking back after I'd taken an improv class, I thought, oh, that was that instinct to to agree, you know, implicitly, not explicitly, but implicitly agree, and and take it to the next most ridiculous thing, and have fun with it. Yes, kind of diffuses the situation and also lets him know that it's totally inappropriate. So and 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 it raises your status. Yes. And that's important because every social interaction, every personal interaction, uh, uh, is uh, there's, there's status and positioning going on in every single interaction that you have with another human being. That's the power dynamic that, uh, that is rarely spoken about. And, and we all have some uh, level of proficiency at this power dynamic. And you can tell because people are not having fistfights all the time around you. If you weren't good at influence and power, mm -hmm. you would be fighting with your fists all the time. Yes, that's true. You would be. It'd be yeah, guess yeah. what's better? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, so please tell our listeners exactly what it is uh, that you do. For I, so, um, well, what is uh, uh, more specific on my superpower? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I help women uh, who are tired of catcalls, mansplaining, uh, uh, challenges, and worse, uh, particularly our Me Too and Time's Up uh, sisters, really step into their uh, power and own the situation to lead with love, followed by power, so that you are the loving uh, and amazing badass that is living inside. Okay, so you had said uh, when I talked to you earlier that resourcefulness is the, um, the part of the acronym that you kind of relate to. So, um, and, and why do you, are you drawn to that particular acronym? Because you have uh, more internal resources uh, available to you than, uh, than you uh, often recognize. It was true for me. Uh, when uh, situations like that hallway situation crop up, you will, you'll notice those from time to time. And when you notice them, uh, uh, you can, that's something to, to remember, to build on, to really look for uh, what's, and, and my journey was to look back at, at when have I done that in the past? You know, when I had the hallway uh, mm -hmm. conversation, then it was looking back to, you know, younger years when I had uh, done things like with my little brothers and, and the bugs in the face kind of thing. Uh -huh. so, uh, so look back and see what those patterns of, of those wins are in, in those social interactions so that you can uh, uh, build that strength. And that's one of the things that, that women love learning how to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. Um, so... Um, we're going to take a small break here and we'll be right back. Very good. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. 
My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Hey, this is Michelle Nagel. I'm talking with Dorothy Kuhn. For those of you who have just joined us, she uh, runs a program called Successible She. Um, and she talks about clarity, momentum, and impact that a woman can make in the world. And so, Dorothy, so you were fighting against the flow, as we all have to, of the, the, the professional world is heavily male-dominated, and you had to deal with that throughout your entire career. So what kind of questions did you ask yourself along the way? The questions that I asked myself uh, were, uh, uh, fell into two, two varieties, two general varieties. You know, uh, I, I knew in these tough situations that uh, when, uh, in my response, I could not re- disrespect the other people who were my colleagues or my customers. Uh, I, uh, that, that was not useful. Uh, and I could not look weak. Mm. So, you know, I would, I would remind myself of, of those two things. And I would ask, I would, I would take those two kind of grounding principles and take a deep breath and go inside. You know, so often we as women will kind of carry our energy up here, you know, up, uh, up in the upper parts of our bodies. And sometimes we hardly, you know, we're so um, uh, concerned or wrapped in some level of fear that we hardly live inside our bodies. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you just, you know, we're so stressed out that you could hardly feel your body. Your fingers and arms might even be numb. Have you ever had that? I have had that, yes. I have too. It stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not particularly fond of it. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's and it's actually for those of you who are lucky enough to have not felt it, it's an actually physical feeling that uh, for me the way it works is my hands and arms kind of go numb and they begin to burn. Mm-hmm. And that makes me aware that I'm that I'm all the way up here. I'm not down in my body at all. I'm thinking. And if we think, 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 then we cut ourselves off from the rest of the information gathering center that we have, which is our body. So yeah, it's uh, very important to not get in that state. So how would you recommend that, that women become more grounded? So, uh, so there are uh, there there are two ways. You know, when when we're in that state, sometimes it, uh, there's some component of internal generation of that, and and often there's an outside stimulus. So when I was feeling that way, I was in the long and prickly marriage. Um, you know, sometimes we're in a situation and, and nearly every human on the planet has stuck around a bad situation a bit too long. Mm-hmm. 
right? And uh, and you look back and you think, I, I could have gotten out of this earlier. Uh, uh, but, you know, we do the best we can in the moment. And just if you hear some background thunder, we're having a little bit of a thunderstorm here. I've got the uh, connection plugged in by wire, so it shouldn't bother the show. Oh, good. Thank uh, you. you bet. Um, but, uh, but to uh, just be, to, to recognize that, that you're losing feeling uh, in your hands and ask yourself, what are the things that, that I'm afraid of? Uh, you know, when, when we're losing feeling uh, in our body, it's, it's because what we're expecting, typically uh, what we're expecting to happen in the future is, um, uh, is more miserable by uh, uh, the closer we get to that future moment. And, uh, and we're afraid of it, and we don't want it to happen again, and we feel powerless to do something about it. We're, it's confusing, we're unclear, and uh, getting that clarity uh, so, so that you can uh, prevail in those situations is absolutely critical. And that really does take so, uh, so often somebody else's perspective that you know and trust uh, that uh, who can who can help you see what you yourself cannot see? Yes. So an acronym that they have for fear is false events appearing real or false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, we don't normally feel um, intense fear when we're actually experiencing something. We if we feel that intense fear when we're imagining what's going to happen, yes. and it, it is it's just pure imagination and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how would you recommend that people become more focused on what they're doing and how they, how can you shut off the busy brain that's back here telling you that you're being dangerous, you're doing something that you shouldn't uh-huh. be doing, you're, you're taking terrible risks, it's going to all implode and, and your life's going to go to heck in a handbasket. So how would you suggest to people that they not get caught up in that? So uh, the uh, the first thing is, I mean, what we what we tend to do is is want to shut that down, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's a very normal human response to that level of stress and misery. It's it's not a good thing to do. It's not useful, um, and it's not kind to yourself. Uh, what's what's really uh, helpful is is to bring up before you, uh, you know, if you like to journal or if you like to like talk into your phone uh, and uh, have it recorded or, or transcribed, uh, in some way to 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 honor those feelings by getting them outside of you, mm-hmm. to to voice them or express them uh, by by writing or speaking. And uh, and uh, uh, kind of empty your basket, uh, so so to speak, because your basket is too full, and you are stressed from from the weight of that heavy, heavy burden. Uh, it's just miserable, and and your brain will go over and over and over again. And here's a really great trick to get you out of that kind of ruminating over and over on that uh, unhappy situation uh, that you're, you feel like you might be walking into or you might be imagining into your future, uh, which is to, to count backwards from five, uh, you know, five, like, like NASA, five or five, four, three, two, one, liftoff. And that will get you out of that feeling part of your brain and, and into the part of your brain that can think more clearly, that, that is me- the part of the brain that you go to school for, that can consider features and benefits and pros and cons. 
Okay. Um, another technique is, is to actually breathe into the body while you're counting. So uh -huh. if you take a deep, deep breath and then count backwards from five. Um, yes. Being able to, because what that does is it takes the, the stuff out of the thinking brain and puts it back into your body where you can go, oh, I'm really not in front of the firing squad right at the moment. I can handle this. And then, then you can start using, as you said, the thinking part of the brain that actually can, can deal with problem solving as, mm -hmm. a, as opposed to the reptilian brain, which is telling you that you're going to die. Exactly, exactly. And it feels like death when you're walking into a situation that has been uh, uh, very tense, where you have been, you know, uh, power status down uh, by the, the person or persons that you're uh, walking, you know, into uh, an interaction with. And, uh, and knowing that since they've done that in the past, it's pretty likely they're going to do that in the future. So how would you recommend that if you know as, that you're being power status down, as you said, how would you recommend handling that? So some people are just not worth being around at all. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody needs their own criteria for what that is so that you don't get stuck like I did in that marriage. I will tell you when... Um, uh, now, he's, he's not a horrible person. We were just really bad match together. Uh, so I can, I can say this with, uh, with uh, you know, a full heart of love from, from a distance. We were just a really bad match. And, um, and he felt so awful in the situation that from, the point of, uh, from his point of view, uh, I'm just speaking kind of generally, there wasn't anything that he could do to get out of a situation that was miserable for him. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and from my point of view, I was trying, trying, trying to be the best wife and mother uh, that I could be, and I didn't, and and that was never good enough. And we we didn't have the the habit, the skill of of talking to one another without blame, because we were uh, by the time we got to a place where that might have been suggested, we were both too wounded to be able to do that. And how would you do that? That I appreciate you saying that is how you would work in a personal relationship. But what if it? What if it's your boss that does that to you all the time? So uh, there are a, a lot of other jobs in the world. You know, some people are your. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make two comments. One is uh, in a professional situation when somebody destatuses you, uh, uh, developing the skill quickly to be able to to play back. Uh, because sometimes it's just a challenge, and, and people like to challenge one another. Men in particular love to challenge one another. They, uh, you know, they make a game of it, and, uh, and they really mean it uh, oftentimes in a way of iron sharpens, sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel, oftentimes. So you, you want a, a, a quick example on that? Sure. So this is fun. Uh, and we need uh, some counterpoint of fun at this, uh, at this point. So I'm, I'm managing a, a lab at MCI. It used to be a big telecom company that got sucked up by Verizon years ago. Uh, but uh, I'm managing this big lab. It was uh, a customer-facing lab where, you know, big institutions like banks and, you know, Fortune 500 companies, when they wanted to change their service from one kind of service to another, but they weren't sure how well it was going to work out, the salespeople, if they couldn't close a sale, they would sponsor those bigwigs to do a test in the lab. So with this expensive equipment, you know, the largest node on the, the whole company's uh, huge network 
of nodes and uh, and T ones, and those those engineers, you know, they'd have to check in and out the um, the expensive equipment from the equipment room, and they'd say things like, "Hey, Joe, throw me that router there." Ah, you think I'm going to give a perfectly good router to a nimno like you? No way, you know. They'd throw it across the room, catch it like a football, go wire it up, do whatever they need to do. Uh, to get the tests going in the morning. At lunchtime, they go to the uh, to the pool hall. You know, it was beers and burgers and shooting pool. They'd laugh and cut up with uh, one another uh, all all through lunch, and they'd come back in the afternoon and do it all again, all over again. Mm-hmm. This happened day after day after day. And I tell you, Michelle, after a while, I thought, you know, these guys they get a lot of good work done. They're doing great stuff, and they have a wonderful time doing it. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing. They just made a. They just made you know play out of uh, what otherwise would have been you know kind of not the most fun work in the world, but okay. Uh-huh. And finding a way to bring fun uh, 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 takes your status up a notch always. And when you meet a challenge, when you meet that challenge in fun, your status goes up. So uh, learn learn to love a challenge and learn to best it in a way that uh, with, a, with a smile on your face. Okay. We have a, a tendency to look at um, everything as though we're being attacked in our society today, I think. Um, and I'm probably going to get seriously in trouble for this. But there are a lot of things that women have gotten so sensitive about that they are looking for offense where it's not intended. And how would you suggest that we handle that problem? So that, that is a brilliant question. I love this question. So, um, so I'm going to do a callback to, to power. The reason we have language is to guide the other person's mind to where we want it to be. Okay. I'm going to say that again. The reason we have language is to guide the other person's mind to where we want it to be. We know this from studies of deaf people who have never been taught mm-hmm. uh, sign language. Okay. And they have no language at all. Right. Uh, so um, when, uh, you know, when, and it's our responsibility as a speaker to guide someone's mind to a, a place that is useful for the context, that is appropriate for the context. And that means, and so you can think of when two people come together, you know, uh, uh, they, they each have a point of view, they have a frame of reference, and, uh, and back to, you know, the, the, that power stuff from, from earlier, one of those frames is, is going to, to be the frame uh, by which they communicate. You know, if, if two people come together with two different frames, two different points of view, no communication will happen. Uh-huh. They will just look at one another and think, I don't know what in the wide world of sports is up with this person. They're nuts or whatever, whatever meaning they make out of that interaction. And so in order to have communication, you've got to communicate in a way that uh, you've got to, somebody has got to establish the frame, uh, the frame by which we are going to communicate in this moment uh, for this topic and whatever it is. And when you learn how to, how to control the frame and to let that go back and forth when that's appropriate, uh, it's, uh, it's incredibly powerful. You want an example? Yes, I'd love one. Okay. So, uh, so there's, this, there's this guy here in my town. 
that, uh, that I knew from a, a mutual uh, a Facebook group that, that we were in. We're doing things uh, within the community. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then we, uh, this, this group uh, decided to have uh, a parade, uh, a float in the Independence uh, Day parade last year, 2017. Mm -hmm. And um, and so he, I, uh, we meet one another in person for the first time the the morning when we were putting together uh, the the big pieces of of the float on on the platform that was going to roll it through the parade route, and uh, and so you know we give one another the uh, I call it the rotary a frame hug you know uh, uh, shoulders uh, uh, touch and a, a pat on the upper back. Uh, and, uh, you know, which is fine. I do, I do this all the time with, with uh, men and women. Uh, when I meet them, I'm a, I uh, think that giving hugs is a good thing. You can't have too many of them. But he dropped his uh, hugging arm and gave me a pat on the ass. <laughs> Can I say that on your show? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and so I grabbed his uh, forearm uh, like the grip of death and just uh, shoved my face right into him, uh, into his face, uh, like an inch off his nose. I put his hand on, the, on my back above the waist uh, and, and I said, this is the extent to which a gentleman limits the roam of his hands. And I turned immediately to the float and said, now show me what you got on this float. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's a, that's a complex thing uh, uh, to do. And one of the things uh, that uh, in, in my work I teach women to do is to break that down because there are fear barriers every step of the way. But I will tell you, he was, I owned the frame. He was like, whoo, leaning back. And you know, when somebody else is leaning back, you own the frame. Mm -hmm. And in a situation like that, that's exactly what you want. You can do these kinds of things at work, in social interactions. Uh, and uh, and more. So it's it's incredible to be really clear without blame, without shame, because people just do the best they can. He's been getting away with this, I'm guessing, all of his life. Probably. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so he's just doing what for for his experience is is normal. And if if you confront somebody. Uh, in a way that is powerful, people will, uh, people love power, uh, and they love to see it exercised well. Uh, uh, in a way that is respectful, I was being respectful of him and me. Uh, in a in a way that avoids blame and shame, I redirected immediately to the matter at hand. That is powerful, and I will tell you, he has had my back on every time that I've needed uh, uh, support from him ever since. He respects me. Good. Yes. And, and I appreciate that you pointed out that, uh, that you set the boundaries. You let him know what his boundaries were immediately. Um, exactly. I have a friend who was working on a political um, campaign and it was, she was working with someone who was, was running for mayor. Mm -hmm. And um, the other, no, actually it was the mayor that was the, the offender. The mayor came up to her anyway. He had had several drinks and he came up to her and he, and he grabbed her breast and said, I like to touch. And she didn't know what to do because her husband was right there. So she kind of looked to her husband like, you know, she stepped back, of course, but she didn't really say anything. Uh -huh. And so she didn't put boundaries. And 
I, she, I think she still feels really uncomfortable about that situation because, because it was not a power situation. It was a powerless situation. So she um, didn't realize the power she had in, in the moment. And, and we all have a tremendous amount of latent power mm -hmm. uh, to, that, that is available to bring to the fore when you, uh, uh, but you know, how, how to bring it out really is the, uh, is the trick and that's that's my superpower bringing out the power that you have already within you that you just don't know how to marshal it yes and it's that what will people think kind of a thing and it's also the boundary between how do you how do I set my boundaries uh -huh. and how do I do it without being offensive or how do I do it without you know, right. impacting, impacting my job or uh -huh. whatever it is. So I remember um, I was standing looking out at the street and somebody walked up behind me and grabbed my behind. And uh -huh. I, I just whirled right around and I said, if you ever do that again, I will break your arm. Uh -huh. And this is a young man who thought I was pretty nifty and, and, you know, had been pursuing me. But when I put that boundary down, he never touched me again. He never uh -huh. spoke to me again. And yes. he actually warned the other young men around him not to mess with me. And I was yes. afraid of that. I didn't feel that, um, that I would lose any status by not having those people as my friends. Your status went up. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what, that's, you have to feel uh -huh. confident in yourself mm -hmm. to know that you're a worthwhile individual. You're mm -hmm. of value and you can't allow other people to set your value for you. You set it yourself. It's, it's very true, which is why my tribe is, is the tribe of heart-centered, badass women and those who want to be. Yes, wonderful. So, um, you have a, a controversial point of view on this, and why does it matter? So it it matters because when we get stuck in in the the social norms that that, that we have, or when we get stuck in the um, in the habits that we have, we don't we limit our ability to make the world uh, a better place. And and one of the things that uh, that is a place where it's easy to get stuck is uh, what's known as the good bad bi binary, where we paint. Uh, you know, we're all a mix of good and bad. You know, um, uh, uh, people of any stripe can do great good and and great evil. Uh, that's just amazing, and it can be really con uh, confusing when we have this good-bad binary, where if you do A, B, and C, that makes you a bad person from my perspective, and, and uh, you know, from another perspective, if you do X, Y, and Z, that makes you a bad person from my perspective. And we tend to want to be, we want to be good people. Right. And I had a family member who did uh, was very talented, but he did all kinds of nefarious uh, uh, things, ran around with rough people, and oh goodness, you would not want to know all of the crazy things that family member did. He always thought of himself as a good person because he had good qualities. He could be kind and loving and generous and all that kind of stuff. We're all a mix, right? Yes. And uh, and and when we you know uh, expect the best. From other people, when we when we uh, just immediately, I mean, speed is important. This is a military measure, uh, 
uh, kind of maneuver to make. You know, if you think, uh, think Marines, you know, they see a threat, they close distance and shut it down. Mm-hmm. And, and for a lot of us as uh, uh, just normal people uh, doing what we do in the world, we can presume that since life is largely, you know, pleasant, largely we don't have to worry about threats. When one came up like your friend and, and the, 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 may, the sloppy drunk mayor, <laughs> um, that, uh, that, that it is a shock. And, and it's one of the things uh, that in my work I, I get women to do is to think through those situations in advance because you just have to live long enough and something like that's going to, is, uh, has some likelihood of happening. Yes. So you want to be prepared. Preparation is the mother of victory. Yes, absolutely. I like that. So um, it, it's, it's unpleasant to go through those scenarios because we don't want to believe that they're ever going to happen to us, but they will. They so, will. They yeah. will. You yeah. know, every species of animal fights with one another. Monkeys fight with monkeys. You know, people fight with people. Lions and bears fight one another. Yes. That's uh, domination games happen in every, everywhere around. You know, as long as you're on planet Earth, you, you will stumble into them. Know how to handle it. Absolutely. So we're going to take another brief break. I'm here with Dorothy Kuhn and hang in with us. We will be right back. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Michelle Nagel. I'm here with Dorothy Kuhn, and she has uh, a program that she calls Successible She, and she's a women's empowerment expert, which is really wonderful. And I've really enjoyed having the conversation with you so far, Dorothy. So briefly explain the pain, hope, and solution as you see it. So the, the pain really is that gnawing feeling that, uh, that you're going to run into a difficult situation again, a worrisome situation again, uh, and, uh, and that you won't know how to handle it, and that somebody will get the best of you. And uh, when you're thinking that, you know, as women, we can often uh, also be thinking of, you know, how that can be even more catastrophic, right? Yes. We, we go from you know, a challenge to a grope to, a, you know, a rape or whatever. And, uh, and it's, it's, there, it isn't without reason. Those things do happen. Uh, uh, the counterpoint is we live, you know, in this country, we, we live overall in a, a period of time where the, where the crime rate is, is down uh, for, for many people, not, not everyone. Uh, and so it's it's important to be able to to set that context uh, so that you know the twenty four hour news cycles with with a thousand shows uh, on all the time competing uh, for for your eyeballs with more and more hyperbolic descriptions of something that's gone on so that they can keep your eyeballs on their screens and sell more pills or whatever they're selling. <laughs> 
So, you know, it's, it's important just to dial into, um, you know, what is it that I can do? You know, I am one person uh, in, in a planet full of seven and a half billion other mostly wonderful people. And uh, how is it that, that I can be so uh, responsible for how it is that I communicate with other people that they sense my presence across the room? They know without even speaking that, that I'm a force to be reckoned with. I command respect as soon as I enter the room just by the way I carry myself and the way I project my energy. Uh, when, when people uh, uh, challenge me, I've, I've thought through uh, those situations and I know, I know in advance what the kind of response is going to be. And I always know that it's going to be swift and direct and I'm going to uh, divert to something else afterwards so that there's no comeback. There's no good, bad, blamey kind of binary going on here. And how do you do that without being arrogant and something of a jerk yourself? You lead with love. Okay. You lead with love. And that power is, is the fuel. It's the wind in the sails. So I, I love this uh, uh, quote from uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, I, I won't say it just exactly right, but it's, you know, uh, uh, power, power without love is uh, abusive and reckless, something like that. And love without power is, is anemic and weak. Uh -huh. and, and so uh, having those two, leading with love, so, th so that that heart of love is always uh, out front, really gives uh, people a reason to, uh, to connect with you, to trust you, uh, uh, to think that you are, uh, think for good reason, that you're going to have you know, their best interests as, uh, at heart as well as your own. Of course, you have your own best interest at heart. You have to. Uh, and then uh, following that up, fueling that love with power, lets them know that you are a force to be reckoned with. Yes. So how would you, um, how would you suggest that people foster that love so that is what they lead with when they're trying to build their career? Because they have to have some, you know, you've got to have, on the one hand, you have to be um, have a focus and a goal and be goal oriented and, and you know move forward and, and keep your eyes straight on the prize. And on the other hand, you're saying that we need to lead with love. So how do you marry those two together? So so the the way to do that is to clean up those internal fears that that we have. And you know when you know the the ostensible you know at surface level work that we do. Uh, in, in my courses really are about uh, uh, these, these strategies and tactics, but there are places where women get stuck because of something that is, you know, uh, something that's happened in their past that they haven't fully processed and, and resolved, something you typically pretty negative, so that they, they have fear about doing anything different. Uh, uh, in, in a situation where they really want to do something different. And so uh, uh, diving into what that is and, and getting the gold from that difficult situation really does let them step into a set of, uh, of the kind of power. And I'll tell you what this, uh, what this really looks like. When I first started doing this kind of deep internal work uh, a few years back, uh, uh, the, the woman that I was learning from at the time, brilliant woman, uh, Susan Stageman, here in the Dallas market, and uh, she um, uh, she said to me when I first showed up there, she said, "Dorothy, 
you know, I don't have outcomes for other people, but if I were to have an outcome for you, it would be that you would learn to breathe below your clavicles. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had been so tense for so long that I wasn't breathing. I mean, you, we talked about breathing deeply earlier. That's wonderful if you can do it. Yes. Yeah, and, and when, when you've been in fear for a long time or on high alert for a long time, you will uh, breathe shallower and shallower and cleaning up those unhelpful meanings, those power. I, I was just in a very powerless situation uh, there. I felt like there was nothing I could do to, to please that, uh, that husband. So um, I once spoke to a woman who said that she had, that women were trying so hard to be just as good as the men that they had lost themselves. How would you address that? Oh, you know, I think that that is a really good point because it's important to, to honor the, the energy that, that you're given. Uh, and, you know, feminine energy and masculine energy are, have, have this lovely dance that they do together. And you can't, if, if you deny one, you can't respect the other. You know? Uh -huh. uh, so so it's, it's important to, to recognize that all of us, each of us, is, is that mix of, um, of feminine and masculine energy. That masculine energy tends to be driving and focused and uh, determined. And that's, that's an important kind of energy to have, you know, and every mama bear who saved her cub from being run over by a car has knows that energy, right? Yes, absolutely. You bet. You bet. We know that energy. And at the same time, uh, every, every man who has uh, uh, cradled his newborn uh, child knows that wonderful, loving feminine side. Yes. So we're, we're a mix of those things and being able to hold that, you know, in, uh, within your body. Um, uh, one of the things that, uh, and we do a lot of physical things in, in my uh, work to be able to really get people to, to be able to feel it in the body and to carry for, uh, you know, we, it's best to create uh, your, your uh, gender identity uh, energy, you know, somewhere in your belly. Mm -hmm. Where you know the font of the the home of creation is for each of us. It's the most powerful, powerful force that we have to project ourselves into the future by by uh, providing offspring uh, in whatever way we provide it. Uh, and and then you know for women we can uh, carry you know that that kind of uh, uh, heart energy that that is courageous from uh from our hearts from from your heart center and uh and to have you know have the foundation in the lower part of the body from uh from that wonderful strong feminine energy right. but getting there is you know you can describe that mm -hmm. but getting there is a piece at a time healing those uh those wounds that over a lifetime we just happen to um, often collect and stuff Yes. And when you, uh, you know, you can think of it as opening up a Christmas box or opening up, you know, a Hanukkah box or, uh, or an Eid box, what, whatever it is uh, that, that's your wonderful birthday kind of metaphor, you want to open up those things that you thought were ugly and find the gold on the other side. And that's where the real power is. Yes. It's when we stuff those things that it, 
it sits there and just rots and pollutes the entire system. And when we let them out, it actually sets us free. It does. And, and yeah, that's a really wonderful thing. So what do you think the number one thing women must know about empowering themselves? Uh, that, that you are, that empowerment comes from within. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you are in complete control. You are at choice to choose a more powerful version uh, of, of you in this very moment. Okay. And um, how do you do that to choose that when you feel like you've been put down your entire life? I mean, oh, do I have the, I mean, how do you do that? Do I have the ability to just make, make that choice and then have a change begin? So it, it does, it does take some stuff. So I have a gift uh, for people at the end. And since you've brought up exactly what this gift, is, of course, you know, comes uh, as something that I'll, uh, a, uh, a PDF that I'll send you an email uh, uh, when you sign up. But uh, here's, here's the really cool part. Uh, each of the steps in that uh, simple uh, free gift really is blown out in the email that comes, you know, day uh, and then a couple days later and a couple days later and a couple days later so that you can take those kind of nuggets, those tips, and, and uh, give yourself the opportunity to dive deep in, uh, into healing those, uh, those things that are tripping you up. And uh, we can go into more from, from that, uh, you know, sometimes that is all people need. And sometimes people need more. It's all good. Okay. And how would we get that? Uh, get that from DorothyKuhn.com slash gift. Okay. And uh, spell your last name for them. Okay. And Dorothy has two O's. It's D-O-R-O-T-H-Y. And then Kuhn is K-U-H-N.com slash gift. Wonderful. So, um, I really appreciate the time that you have spent with me today, Dorothy. I'm grateful for your sharing your wisdom and insight with us. And I'd like to invite those of you who are listening to go to Dorothy's website. It's uh, dorothycoon.com backslash gift and see what that um, program is that, or the uh, PDF that she has and how it can help you change and enlighten your life. And thank you so much, Dorothy, for joining with us. And I really very much appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.